0: we laugh and
1: sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now, baby, I took a half and she took the whole thing and slowed down,
0: baby, we took a trip, now we on your blood,
1: and it's like a ghost town.
0: Good afternoon, sports fans, athletic enthusiasts, and the random people who have no clue why on earth they clicked on this. My name is Chaz, and I'm joined here by my partner in crime on and off the football field and basketball court, B-Town. How are you
1: doing today, my dude? I'm doing good, man. I'm blessed to be here, blessed to be breathing, blessed to be speaking, man. I, I really appreciate you having me. I know I, you had to get through like 27 people, you know what I'm saying, so I could be the 28th. I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? That's all love. Appreciate you. <laughs> man, it,
0: it, it's definitely a pleasure to have you here. I actually did not go through that many people. You were actually my only interview. Uh, the second person I had was Skip Bayless, mm. and um, yeah. I don't really want to argue with Skip. So this was an easy choice to go with you on this one. I I definitely appreciate you for making my job easy. Um, As best friends, brothers, teammates, and sports fans, B-Town and I came together to do this podcast to share our passions as well as our knowledge of the sports universe. We'll also probably make a few people mad by talking about their favorite player or team, but, hey, you probably should have chose a different athlete to go to bat for. Somebody like Michael Phelps, since no one really debates about swimming, and you can live knowing nobody disagrees with you that he's most likely the greatest swimmer to ever swim. Unlike LeBron and MJ fans, who are set to argue with you until you're blue in the face or your Twitter fingers are tired. But disagreement is fun. It sparks cultivating conversation, and you get a lot of different perspectives from other people who share your passion for sports discussion. For instance, B Town here, he's a Cowboys fan. Yo. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I myself am a fan of the Washington varsity generic NFL created football team that's in DC. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and get your booze in Get some Boo. Oh. <clears throat> but after moving to Chicago, I'm probably better off being a Bears fan. They're doing pretty well right now. But being fans of division rivals, we're supposed to argue with each other, like, all the time. I'm supposed to tell him that his team sucks, even if they don't. But right now, thank God they suck. Sorry, man. However... We're pretty good about taking each other's points and understanding where the other is coming from. And we usually come to a conclusion either we both agree on or just accept the fact that the other believes what he's going to believe, and we move on. With all that being said, your team still sucks, man.
1: Man, You're right, man. I like to defend them, but I just can't. I can't do it no more. It's no point. It's
0: I, I hear you on that one. I, I can't even really be taking shots because my team is just as bad. Um, the division as a whole is just trash. I mean, two and four and one is the record that leads the division. Two and five are the two teams that follow. And one and six are the Giants. I mean, where's division hands down right now? Easily? Yeah. But we won't hold the cast any longer talking about a group of losers who haven't had much success in the past two decades. Scratch the Giants Super Bowls. We have an awesome first episode of discussion coming up for you all listening. We're going to discuss the first quarter of the NFL and NCAA season. The NBA draft is coming up. We have a social media topic debate regarding some former NBA legends. And we're going to leave you with some hot takes for the future. Stay tuned and we'll be right back with the YNC Sports Podcast. So let's get right into it, B-Town. The NFL season has been powering through the pandemic, managing to keep the schedule on track for the most part, despite some positive tests circulating for some teams. The Steelers sit atop the NFL as the only undefeated team left. They beat the Titans this past week, who were also undefeated at the time. The Seahawks lost in an overtime thriller to the Cardinals by a field goal on Sunday night. That was a crazy game. Titans and Seahawks now join the Ravens, Bears, Chiefs, and Packers as members of the one-loss club. The Ravens take on the Steelers in next week's primetime matchup. My question to you, man, what does it take for the Steelers to stay undefeated? And what will it take for the Ravens to knock them off?
1: Man, I am so excited. Anytime it's Raven Steelers, you know you're going to get physicality. You know you're going to get what it truly means to be a rival. Through decades, through generations, they've done a great job keeping that going. If you think about the fact that you have guys who, like, will be on the team for seven to ten years, they have that hate for that team the whole time. They'll retire. You got a whole new rookie. He's thinking the same way. I don't know how they do it. They keep it going. It's always fun to watch. To answer your question, how do the Steelers keep it going? Get the ball to the receivers. I mean, coming into the year, you know, James Connors a pretty good back. I mean, I don't think anybody can really argue that he's not Le'Veon bell, but he's been pretty consistent when he stays healthy, which has not been consistent, but those receivers, they just pop up. It's like, whose turn is it this week? Like, one one week, Claypool has three touchdowns, making it look easy, looking like I'm going to be the new guy. Then Deontay Johnson's like, I'm back from injury. I, I want to go this time. Claypool has point, three points on fantasy. Like, it, it's it's there's no telling. It's just whoever picks the day, it looks like. And when you talk about the Steelers and the Ravens, you know you're always going to have defense, always. The, another thing they consistently do throughout the decades, throughout the generations, is have that defense. And that's the case this year as well. I mean, what can the Ravens do to knock them off? I mean, Lamar Jackson has to wake up. He's got to be that MVP caliber Madden cover athlete that we know that he can be. And I think he'll get there. I think the running game will get back to what we we saw last year, what we're used to. I think it can get there. Uh, Will it get there this week? I don't know. I think they'll have that kind of chip on their shoulder like they tend to do anyway, but just because the Steelers are that one undefeated team, I think they'll, you know, of course, put everything on the line, you know, maybe maybe pull off the upset. I hear you. I I definitely
0: like that that take. And I definitely agree. Um, that's exactly what those two teams have to do. Um, I'm also excited for the matchup, just like you are. It's definitely going to re- be really exciting to see that rivalry. Um, It's definitely a good one, no matter, like you said, who's getting together on the field for those two teams. Um, You always see the hate, even if it's from a rookie to a veteran. So, yeah, that's definitely going to be an exciting matchup. I definitely can't wait for that one. Definitely going to be tuned in. Uh, Who's your sleeper team to make a run and, and why? That team that, you know, people aren't really talking about, but they're doing surprisingly well this season.
1: Look, man, my sleeper team, a lot of people aren't going to agree. A lot of people aren't going to like it. And it's funny because this team specifically seems to have every year a bunch of fans that are only quote-unquote fans because they are so consistently good. But this year is the exception, the Patriots. I don't think I can just go against Bill Belichick. I don't care if they didn't have a win so far. I honestly think they could have, with no wins, still come back Jared Siddons their starting quarterback right now. He hasn't played yet, but, you know, Cam got benched. I assume that he'll remain benched. If not, either way, it shows you what kind of condition they're at at quarterback. Things aren't going well. It's not the the team that we're used to seeing, not not the team that we have seen for so many years. A lot of people are going to point to Tom Brady. That's a different discussion, but I don't think (laughs) – they're missing Tom. I don't think it's it's because of that at all. I think new system, Bill always, no matter the quarterback that comes in, whether it be um, Garoppolo, whether it be Matt Castle, like it doesn't matter. Every guy <laughs> who has come in for Brady has done well, and that's one of the reasons why I've always had that argument. Again, different argument, different conversation, but Bill is the GOAT, man. Bill is the be- best coach I think we've ever seen. I mean, obviously, I didn't get to watch the, you know, back in the day Packers and the Tom Landry Cowboys. But, you know, <laughs> from, you know, last probably like 30 years or so, I think easily you could say Bill Belichick is the best coach in it. And it's not just because of the, the Super Bowls and whatnot. It's, like I said, he can make any guy – he can make any guy's system what they need it to be. And I think, I think they'll get it right. And I think they can come back and probably win that division.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I. I mean. I. I can agree with you. I mean, it's one of the reasons I. I picked Cam up in fantasy is because I thought he would be that dark horse for the league, and he would be able to take that that team to places. So, um. I. I they just got to gel. I think they just got to get it together. Uh, have some practice under their belt. But like you said, Bill, he's he's. I. I would be right there next to you to say that he's the goat coach. Um, and if anybody can can take that team. and and turn it around, he's definitely the coach to do it. Um, And then I think he's just got the talent with Cam Newton to to do so. So once they're gelling together, I think as coach and player, I think the team will be just fine. Uh, Like you said, uh, he's definitely the the coach to do that.
1: For sure, for sure. What about you though? I mean, uh, you got a sleeper team? You got a quote-unquote Patriots, you think there's a team that people are sleeping on and they can mess around and win the whole thing?
0: Uh, for me, it's it's got to be the Titans. I mean, Coach Rabel, he played for Bill mm-hmm. back in the day, mm-hmm. um, so you can actually put him under that tree. His running back is taller than the Statue of Liberty, <laughs> but somehow is faster than all of your four-cylinder vehicles, and it's ridiculous how this man is ripping off these runs every game, and It's truly incredible. The QB doesn't turn the ball over whatsoever. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has been very smart with the ball since he's gotten to Tennessee, really proved why he's earned that money. And then the defense, they really don't have any pressure on him. When you have a team running the ball like that on one side, the defense doesn't have a lot of pressure. So they just need to get enough stops to let that ground game take control of everything. And I think if they keep to that method more often times than not throughout the season, they'll be very successful just how they were last season. And they might be even more successful. I think they could catch a team slipping or two in the playoffs again, just like they did last year, just off of the fact that they won't see what's coming from them. So I, I
1: definitely like them. I like that, too. I like that, too. I think uh Tanner has impressed me for sure. I mean... I didn't really feel like he was too much of an upgrade at the time over Mariota, but I've also been kind of pulling for Mariota the whole time. I didn't think that he should have got passed up to get Jameis, and I think if the other way went around in that draft, things could be different, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, I mean, those Titans are scary. They have a good defense. They're not a talked-about team at all. A lot of people forget they have Malcolm Butler, which another case where I, I wasn't sold on that he was a great player, but he's shown that, um, right? And not just him on that defense either. And then when he, mm-hmm. like you said, you got a monument running out of the backfield, <laughs> but somehow still going track speed. It, it's how are you supposed to stop that? You can't. He's throwing grown men across the field. It, it's just they can beat anybody. They just can. I mean. No turnovers. Uh, we can run the ball. We can score quick or 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 slow. Most of the time it's going to be slow. And what's going to help your defense, like you said, no pressure. So mm-hmm. I agree
0: 100%. Yeah, definitely. We're going to have to see how it all plays out. So the report came in Thursday that the Ravens are signing your former boy mm-hmm. for the Dallas Cowboys, Des Bryant. He's going to be signed to the practice squad. Dez hasn't played in the league since signing with the Saints and tearing his Achilles in opening week of practice with them, and it's been even longer since he's played in an actual game. What are your expectations for Dez on this Ravens team?
1: Uh, like you said, uh, Dez was one of my favorite players growing up, watching him and Tony connect a lot. It was just really, really fun to watch, really exciting. Uh and an X-Factor, for sure. I mean, that was a celebration, but he that's definitely what he was. Can he be that kind of player? For sure, definitely not. He's not going to be a top three receiver. He's not going to be that guy anymore. But I, I think he can bring a lot of te- a lot of things to the team that can help them for sure. I mean, like I said earlier, Lamar Jackson's got to step up in his own right, but I think Des can help that. I think if he shows that he still has that, anywhere near the physical part of him you know on the field it's gonna help the other guys out mostly hollywood who's a deep threat if des can be somewhat of a deep threat still go getter. of course he's gonna be you know he's always that guy that has bunnies i mean he can definitely make an impact i definitely think he can come in and help them out you know hopefully he's matured i've seen a couple videos of him you know Actually coaching up guys, I think he was uh, running some routes and uh, at this high school, and some high school kid, you know, came up, he's like, can I run with you? He's like, yeah, and he's teaching him. I don't think he was that guy before, so maybe the way he exited, you know, helped that mental and maybe unlocked the different dads that we've seen. And I hope, you know, of course, that he does well, and I think he really can. I, I think, unbiasedly, I think he can make an impact for sure.
0: Definitely, definitely. I I definitely like the points that you bring up there, especially mentally. Um, I think that was something that was questioned early in his career is how was he mentally. And he didn't really always seem like the the team guy. There was a lot of passion there, but sometimes that passion was misplaced. Um, So it's interesting that you bring up the video of him, you know, helping the youth and stuff. Community outreach is uh, definitely something that you love to see it. Uh, especially from guys that are veterans in the game now, um, of his stature, uh, somebody who is leading the league in receiving, who can mentor the young people coming up. So, uh, I think that's a very important point that you brought up because I think he can also serve that as on the team as the veteran who helps the younger receivers coming up. Not you know only just the community, but. Now that he's on a team, he can help that team. So I, I definitely agree that uh, he he can have that kind of impact, uh, definitely, on that Ravens team. Uh, like Dez, another former league-leading receiver is poised to make his comeback. Antonio Brown has been signed by the already loaded Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What kind of impact do you think A.B. will have on the Buccaneers?
1: I mean... For me, A.B., somewhat similar to Dez, his question mark is more mental. It's uh, can he mentally be okay? And impersonally, can he be okay long enough for, quote, unquote, us to win? You know, like, can we get to the Super Bowl without him blowing up? Honestly, that's the way they're thinking. I know people don't probably want to hear that. That's, that is true. That's how they think. their players, you know. They say they love him or whatever, but that's what they're thinking. Can how long can you be good to me? And For him, it's like how quickly can he be good and then how long will it last? Only because of the past. Now, you know, I believe that people can change. I, I think it can happen. I also think it takes time. I don't think – well, it's a possibility, but I, I personally don't think that it's been long enough for for me to say, yeah, he's changed, you know, oh, yeah, he's going to be – Definitely. Okay. He's going to have his mental right. He's gonna do whatever he needs to do for his mental, whatever that may be. Did he find it out? Whatever. We don't know that. And I don't have much confidence in that. I do have the confidence in his play. I think he'll come in if he can get up to speed as far as like back into the swing of things. Yeah, I think he'll have the numbers. I think he'll perform. I think the offense will be scary. I think he'll be able to help high Tom Brady. That's a different conversation. <laughs> but I think, yeah, for sure he'll definitely I have more faith in, in him than Des coming in and actually making an on field impact for sure. Okay. Okay. I can I can I can see that. I can see
0: that. I like that take. Uh do you have any predictions for the Super Bowl?
1: Like who are your two teams that you got in it? I know it's early. Yeah, it is early, but I mean I've always been that kind of a thinker as far as like you win the Super Bowl. It's still your title until somebody else wins it. And I can't disrespect you, especially when this Super Bowl team happens to have Patrick Mahomes, one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen personally, easily probably the best quarterback in the league currently, and maybe one of the best quarterbacks down the line ever. I mean, he's special. I mean, it's not just the flashy stuff. It's it's the vision. It's him thinking plays ahead. Him thinking situations ahead. It's all clear. You can see him being a leader. He's having fun. He's making other guys have fun. They already know what it what it's like to win. It feels good, and they already know what it takes to win. I, of course, they have a guy like, you know, Hilaire, who's a rookie. But I mean, they don't have enough "quote unquote" young guys in that sense of where they're a rookie. And I I don't really know. I wasn't here. You know, I, it it won't take. It won't take enough of a, a learning curve for him, and I think they're just too scary on offense. Andy Reid always makes his quarterbacks look like video game players. I mean, the same thing with the plays that they run. It's just, it's just always fun to see. It's always almost like they're just playing backyard football. And I, I'm not gonna disrespect them in the AFC. I don't think there's another team close, personally. Um, in the NFC, I'm not a believer in the Bucks. I mean. Like I said, I touched on a little bit earlier. Tom Brady hasn't been, even when he was his best, he hasn't been close to that. And I know he had a good performance and people his MVP performance. And it's just so funny to see how quickly they turn because he wasn't doing so high. And then he has one game at MVP caliber type. And they're like, oh, yeah, he was always good. And nothing ever happened. I mean, originally ignore last year, he had like, I'm pretty sure a career high in paces, paces the to touchdowns were not far. The team did not do well. He's throwing passes in the dirt. Like, I don't understand just because of what he's done. That doesn't mean he's just going to always be that guy. Be realistic. Be objective. I'm looking at him. I'm not impressed. I don't believe in the books. We just touched on AB. I mean, I think he'll help, like I said, hide his, you know, imperfections, if you will, at this age and whatnot. But, I mean... I think there's a better team. I think the Seahawks are better. I think Russell Wilson's better. I think uh, they're just in a better position as far as fully with the team. When you talk about youth, health, all that, if Chris Carson can stay healthy, I think they're definitely a better team than the Bucs. I think they probably would beat them and will beat them one-on-one if they play them. But, yeah, the Seahawks are definitely my favorite from the NFC. Uh, Russell Wilson, I feel like he's really slept on it. To be as good as he is – I don't feel like enough mm-hmm. people say you know he's the best or second best, which he's up there. He's top three for sure, so he should always be in the conversation. I don't think he is enough, and and the thing is, he always proves it. He always proves it, and he he doesn't mind them being a quiet, what one loss team. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to him, and for for real, any of them. Pete Carroll, like he's known as a kind of a guy that's, like, talkative and whatnot, but he doesn't care about that. You know, they're thinking playoffs, and that's what they should be thinking, and I don't think anybody in NFC can really touch them right now. So I'm going to see Ox and Chiefs.
0: Okay. I I like those picks. I actually had uh, similar ones myself um, as as far as them. Uh, Very strong takes on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. (laughs) My goodness. Ooh, we we don't believe in the Bucs. I respect it, though. I respect it. I do. Moving on to the NCAA. The biggest issue in the NCAA today is players getting paid. They can't accept any outside money as far as endorsements and sponsorships or anything of the sort pertaining to their likeness. Players' faces become the highlight of a university and sell tickets that stack the funds of the athletic program. Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett at Duke, Marcus Page at UNC, Johnny Manziel for Texas A&M, Lamar Jackson, Sabrina Linescu, and Brianna Stewart, just to name a few faces who have been front and center familiar during their collegiate careers. Yet they never saw a penny of the large amounts that their presence brought in. A recent article on CNNBC States that the NFL Players Association announced it will collaborate with the National College Players Association to explore how collegiate athletes could receive compensation for the use of their name, image and likeness, which is one step closer to these athletes being paid. But yet there are still some people out there who don't think they should be paid. So my question to you, B-Town, do you think the players should be paid? And if you
1: do believe so, what is a substantial amount for them? I mean, I do. I think they should be paid. I think there's no question they should be paid. I think it's kind of crazy to think that there are people that are like, no, they don't deserve it. I mean, just to name those – just those names that you did name alone, I'm sure they made over millions alone. Just the, Like I said, just those names alone, they might probably – over a hundred million if you add all those those players up. I mean, it's just not fair. Like you said, it's not like they're getting like ten percent or like four percent, a low percentage, and it's like they're complaining about it. They're not getting any of it. They're not even seeing money from it at all. The most they're getting is what they would get anyway, which is popularity, you know, through their actual face, through their, you know, their likeness, through same reason why they struggle to make the NCAA football game anymore. It's, it's them. It's, it's their. They're doing all the work. They should get, you know, obviously the credit. I mean, it's just common sense. It's weird to even say that because it, it just seems so common sense to me. What about you? What do you think? I mean, I don't know about the amount, by the way, to answer that part. I mean, that's. I think it's more of a percentage thing than a like a fixed amount. But what do you think? Man? What, what you think about that?
0: Yeah, I, I completely – I feel you on that. Um, I I mean, I think it's foolish that we're still having the conversation too. I, I would have thought this is something that might have been settled a while ago when, um, when I first started examining college and stuff like that. Um, the fact that you have players that work hard um, and then go to school. So they do two things. Um And they have to balance those two things. I think the biggest thing is they're not given the opportunity to work, so they they're not a they can't go out and get a part time job because mm-hmm. their lives are you know football or basketball or softball or track or swimming um any of the sports you name out there there's a commitment to that sport mm-hmm. to where they can't work they they can't get money and then you tell them that The tickets that they're selling, they're bringing millions of dollars in and they don't even get to see that, Mm -hmm. that that right there, it it just doesn't sound right. So you get to put my jersey in the stores, you get to put my name up here, you get to have all these commercials, Mm -hmm. I get to do photo shoots, but I don't get to see any of the money that comes from these advertisements and I, I, I just think that that's unfair and anybody who would receive, I think, that explanation could could pinpoint that it's not fair. And I'm glad they're moving steps closer, but it's something that really should have been done already. Oh, yeah, I, I don't really have a substantial amount either. I mean, I, I think, like you said, it, it depends on percentages. I think it also just depends on how much the, the school can afford. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fact that the NFL Players Association is is collaborating, I think that's huge because I think the NFL is – Uh, could also have a hand in it financially uh, supporting these kids especially the ones they're drafting I mean they're they're going to these games too and scouting these kids and talking to these kids too so they have a hand in their marketing as well so um, I think it's huge and I I can't wait to see where they go with that Uh, as far as the NCAA football season goes do you have a national championship prediction
1: uh not particularly. I don't have a matchup because, you know, this whole COVID thing has really done a number, I think, on college sports more than any that we're still watching on TV. I mean, you got conferences that are only playing against themselves, and I don't really – it's just the whole, the whole situation is just kind of weird. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is still at Clemson, and Alabama still has, you know, probably the GOAT coach when you talk about college – so I mean, I, I'm gonna go with. I mean, that. What do you think? You think that could be the matchup? Do you think it could be a different matchup? I don't really know.
0: I I agree. I I actually think that's the safe bet is to go with Alabama, Clemson, the rematch. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the the face of Clemson. He's the face of the NCAA right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's calling him the number one pick for next year. I mean, the kid's not even done playing his season. He's not even left college yet. And like I said, the NFL already has a hand in his marketing. So it's kind of crazy. But I I think apart from that, uh, along with, like you said, Alabama, I think Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney are the two coaches that will get a a program through this kind of weird of a season. Mm -hmm. I think you go with the veteran guys who have been there before, um, who are also coaching robots, as I like to call them. (laughs) Uh, because these are players who somehow go out on the field and, and do things that we've never seen. Derrick Henry was once one of those robots <laughs> out there. And then you see Deshaun Watson. He was once one of those robots at Clemson. So they produce these high-impact players, and, yeah, I mean, you, you put those two coaches in front of those programs. Um, I mean, it's hard to
1: argue with them, especially with it being this weird of a season. I, I definitely can agree with that. Are you a believer in a- – Etienne, do you think he's going to be uh, the real deal when he goes to the league?
0: I, I think so. I, I'm always a fan of that running
1: back who can
0: run and catch, mm-hmm. and he's one of those guys. Yeah. Um, he also runs very hard. I, I, he's a very hard-running running back. He hits the hole when he needs to. Um, he's pretty agile for somebody who actually runs with his style. I, I feel like he runs very hard, but at the same time, he's very agile. Oh, yeah. Um, So I always respect that about a running back when they can put that power and speed together. And I think he has that to definitely get to the next level. So he's definitely going to be an interesting guy to look out for. I I would love to see the Washington varsity team get him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we'll see how that goes. I think he, I agree on all aspects. I mean, I don't think teams are so keen on taking back so high anymore. I think it's like such a broad spectrum to pick from when you're talking about a running mm-hmm. back and almost never is their shelf life long. So it's almost like, what's the point of picking them so high?
0: But mm-hmm. like
1: you said, he has. I mean, he doesn't really have a weakness when when you talking about a running back. I think he can be a top 10 pick. I, I do. I think him and Lawrence could go both in the top five, maybe even.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Uh, mm-hmm. He's definitely one of the running backs that we'll keep our eye out on. And, of course, you know, Trevor Lawrence, they have his name already up there. He He's not going anything less than three. So uh, it's definitely going to be exciting to see how all that pans out with the NFL draft in the coming years. On to the NBA. So with the NBA season coming to a conclusion, congratulations to the loss Angeles Lakers 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 had to go ahead and let the Lakers fans have their moment. It's definitely been uh, uh, an eventful year, uh, a rough one to say the least. But um, I understand you're a fan of those Lakers, of course. Uh, We we hear the excitement in the background of the (laughs) We Are the Champions. Uh, They've emerged back to the top of the NBA. I first want to ask
1: you, man, how does it feel as a fan? I mean, it feels good, of course. Anytime you win a championship and any aspect – as you know, <laughs> we won a couple of those. <laughs> anyway, uh, but, I mean, this year, of course, is like you said, it's just more weird than your regular weird, I guess you could say. I mean, weird in a lot of different ways. I mean, I'm an avid Kobe fan, always have been. I mean, it's just like you and I have talked about you and you and I and uh, the rest of you nights have talked about. I mean, it's just weird to even think that he's not here, you know, and it's even weirder mm-hmm. kind of to think that it was this year that that happened. And, you know what I'm saying, we won a championship. It's just it's – just the whole thing is just amazing to think about when you, you know, take a step away and you look at it. But, I mean, it feels good. It feels good to win a championship. I'm happy for Bron. I'm happy for all the guys. I mean, especially guys like KCP who are, you know, they don't do well for a little bit. You know, same thing with Danny Green. I mean, they're like, you go from heroes to zeros. I mean, such an elementary term. But, I mean, that's pretty much how they were treating guys. I mean, but anytime you're a LeBron teammate, that's how it is. I mean, good for AD getting his first. You know, a lot of people were definitely thinking that he wasn't going to do well enough because of his previous playoff lack of success. But... He obviously proved that wrong. And like I said, all those guys. And I think I got to say this because I don't feel like anybody really thinks about it, talks about it. Avery Bradley not, you know, coming to the bubble. He still deserves that credit because to me, like, he made our team way better. Like, I was scared that we weren't going to do as well in the bowl without him. And I think he deserves that credit. And we need to bring him back. But, yeah, it feels good, man. It feels real good. And, uh, and, uh,
0: that, that's, that's awesome to hear. I uh, I definitely support all my friends who are Lakers fans. I, I know you're one of them. Uh, we also have about, uh, I want to say three or four others in you nice who are Lakers fans, uh, shout out DJ and, uh, Nick and the rest of the gang. Um, it, it, it's really special to see how it transpired this year. Like you said, um, with everything that took place. So, uh, I'm definitely really happy for you. And it's funny you brought up Avery Bradley. Um, he was definitely uh, a key contributor um, to the bubble efforts. I, I think that shouldn't go unnoticed that him and his wife actually uh, donated to help out with uh, food and uh, everything as far as the workers in the bubble. So oh, yeah. shout out to them. Um, that's that's really special that even though he didn't travel to the bubble, he still had a hand in making sure that um, – people had everything that they need financially mm-hmm. um, to help support and make sure that everything went smoothly. Um, as we all know, the NBA had zero positive tests mm-hmm. uh, for COVID while everybody was in the bubble. So that that's pretty incredible. Um, and then, of course, incredible for the Lakers organization as a whole uh, for getting it done this year.
1: Did you have that same result being the case prior to the finals? Like, did you have you guys getting there? I did. I had us uh, being the Clippers. I mean, uh, me being a Lakers fan, of course, people are going to assume that anyway. But, I mean, I really did think <laughs> in the sense of I'm a big believer in, in things happen for a reason and and uh, things that, that in, can impact people differently. And I think losing, like I said, going back to Kobe, specifically for LeBron and, and the league, but specifically for LeBron because, I mean, he considered him a brother. He considers – I'm sure that was part of his reasoning to go to L.A. as well. I mean, of course, for all the marketing and movies and media and all that, of course, but I'm sure he was thinking, you know, Kobe did it. I want to win like Kobe did. You know, there's no way that he wasn't, you know. Just for for that specifically – It feels good, you know what I mean? And then his impact on the league, you know, guys are saying, like, I looked up to him, I was playing because of him, you know, he taught me this in in five minutes and I have held on to that forever, you know, just a special impact. (laughs) It's just, it's just crazy. And I think, I didn't think at the time, of course, but I think that pretty kind of solidified, like, in the fate sense that we were going to win, you know what I mean? Because, like, we kind of had to. And then for LeBron to be the leader of the team, you know, like you definitely, you know, for me, like I had no doubt that he'd figure it out some kind of way. I did think we were going to f- play the Clippers because, you know what I'm saying? I thought that was like the next best team and all that talk. And that's just a whole, I mean, just disappointment. I don't, there's no excuse. They have way too much talent, more talent than we had. I, I don't get it. And then not, not only that, I thought the Bucks would be the people that we would face not the Heat. I did think the Heat had a chance to get to Eastern Conference Finals. Them or the Raptors, I thought they were going to play the Bucks. but yeah, I did have us winning. What about you? Who'd you have?
0: I, so I had the Clippers at first. When I, when I first filled out my bracket, I had the Clippers and the Raptors. I had that fantasy of Kawhi playing his old team, and I figured the Raptors with the championship DNA would get back, um, but it didn't play out like that, and I mean, uh, like you said, uh, I mean, they it was really disappointing as far as the Clippers performance, giving up a three one lead and um, the way they just played down the stretch. I mean, they looked like I mean, it looked like we were going to get the L.A. versus L.A. matchup mm-hmm. in the Western Conference Finals. And they ruined it for us. <laughs> I mean, they flat out ruined it for us. We've got Paul George. I mean, he's my favorite player, but I got to talk about my mans. He's hitting the side of the backboard. If you need somebody to hit the side of the backboard, you can call <laughs> one of us. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple. I mean, Kawhi, my other favorite player, um, to go out there and, and play equally as bad in, in the elimination game. I mean, you're you've now given up the last two games and then elimination game. You just don't show up. I don't know if the straight backs were too tight or <laughs> what happened the night before, but apparently they just were not able to get it done. And it was really disappointing to see. Um, but I, I think the Clippers will be somewhere in and around there next year. But I, I mean, the Bucks as well, um, that, that was tough and disappointing to see. I mean, Giannis injured, sure, but um, it, it looked like the Heat had a stranglehold on that series regardless. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see the Clippers just got their new coach and then the Bucks don't even know what's happening with Giannis. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out next year. As far as your Lakers team, yeah um what's your prediction for next year as far as like who stays and who goes um and then what moves help you guys repeat
1: um i mean as far as i mean it's tough because i mean you hear a lot of talk about cp3 and i mean that's one avenue to go but i think cp3 if that's a whole different It's really – it goes back to, like I said earlier, about, like, the choice for, like, A.B. Like, he just wanted to – he felt, like, you know, kind of comfortable probably, like, with Tom Brady maybe. I feel like CP3 is, like, more of a – does he feel like the Lakers are the best chance? Or I personally think Giannis gets traded, and I think if the Heat are smart and they really, really want to win a championship – Post-LeBron and before, they have to basically start dealing guys because they have nothing (laughs) but young guys. They can't keep everybody. So, I think they go hard after Giannis because they have the pieces to give up. Hopefully, they're smart about it. And I think they also get TP3. I think they end up having TP3, Giannis, and Jimmy. I think they try to run with that. If they're smart, if they can get it done, I think that's their best bet. The Bucks got to do something with Giannis. So, it's like you kind of have to trade him if you want anything back I mean it's kind of that simple but for us like I think we have I mean obviously LeBron AD that's no question besides besides that I'd like to keep KCP which is surprising out of my mouth because I this man be having my heart just racing (sighs) But but he came on I mean (laughs) (laughs) exactly like he definitely has a lot of those moments where I'm like are are you are you are you serious but another guy like that who I have always been trying to defend Kuzma, like man these these guys have my heart like man I I used to say we had to keep him I think he's got to go too I think it might be a help for him I think he's kind of for whatever reason, he gets like nervous when he's playing with LeBron. It's just weird because like you playing with him for so long, you think you get over that. And That's what I see when I'm watching him play. I, it's kind of annoying to keep seeing that. So I'd like to keep KCP. <laughs> Danny can go. Danny can go. I don't care. I don't care if he hadn't made that one shot that he was supposed to make anyway. No, let him go. He's making too much anyway to be man. Nah, let him. Let him go. Let him go. Caruso. I mean. <laughs> don't pay him too much if we're going to keep him. I mean, he's good off the bench, and that's where he needs to stay, like that kind of role. I'd love to keep Rondo as well. I think we can get him for cheap because he's a little older. But I don't know. We have, like, a lot of kind of ways we could deal our roster because of the all the one-year deals and whatnot. we got to keep one of the bigs too, Dwight or Draveil. I don't think we should keep both. I don't really have a preference on either either because I, I, I think they pretty much do the same thing. Um, I think Dwight may be maybe a little bit more of like a media, quote-unquote, circus. It's not enough to matter. Like, it didn't it doesn't matter anyway. But it's like if you're looking for a tiebreaker, I guess you could say that. But, I mean, like they're pretty much the same guy. So we'll see. We'll see. What do you think? What are your Spurs doing? That's the real question. I, I'm shocked that y'all are – I guess you could say struggling, struggling at y'all. I can't lie. I've been been spoiled as a
0: Spurs fan. They've been making the playoffs since I was born. Um, So, (laughs) like, um, I think it's 23 consecutive playoff appearances for the Spurs and then five titles within that run. So, um, I've been a little upset because it's been a little while since our last one in 2014. Um, the last time we had Kawhi, so that's kind of been, like, the bitter taste that's in our mouths is kind of the what-if, because I will still take that game to the bank where we were beating the KD Steph Warriors by 25 in the third quarter until Kawhi's ankle was destroyed by Sasha, whatever his name is, um, we don't even need to mention it, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I I I don't know what moves they can make. I mean, we just got DeMar and I think we still have him under his Raptors contract with like a year left under it. And I think Lamarcus still has a year left on his Get too. So I I mean I, I I'd of like to both <laughs> them. I really like them to, of to start over fresh because I think we're at that point where we need to I mean it's the young guy's turn. And, I mean, we kind of had a setback with DeJounte Murray, our starting point guard, tearing his ACL when he did. But he's back for a full season next season. So I think that's important. I mean, you have the growth of young players like Derek White and Keldon Johnson uh, who came in uh, in the bubble. He was actually playing very well in the bubble, and nobody knew this kid. Just an athletic guard from Kentucky. um, Might be one of those sleeper guys who comes out of the party like Jamal Murray did this year from Kentucky. Um, so he we have young guys, but yeah. we also have a veteran group that I don't think is the group to take us to a championship.
1: Um right. who's the best player not named DeRozan, Aldridge, or Murray? Derek White. I, I, I think he's the best
0: young player that we have on the roster. Um, he had his coming out party really for the last year and a half. Um, he's had some highlight dunks. I mean, yeah, we know the Spurs. The Spurs weren't dunking before Kawhi went to him. This was a team of guys standing <laughs> on the court, pulling up their knee braces, and they had their walkers on the bench for afterward. So we weren't dunking. We were beating everybody by smart oh, yeah. passes and layups. But – yeah, but now we Big have shot. these guys who are catching alley-oops. <laughs> they're, they're driving down the lane and dunking on people. And so I think him being able to show that kind of promise, as well as on the defensive end, he's pretty good on the defensive end as well. Um, I think he's one of those guys, he could have his coming out party next year.
1: So what are the moves for y'all? Like, Are y'all trading? Or are you... Releasing like what I, what are, I see us releasing draft. some what?
0: players. Um as far as the draft goes, we do the same thing in the draft. We always go grab that guy from Europe that nobody's ever heard of.
1: International. <laughs> um,
0: it's gonna oh, be a yeah. guy from like Czechoslovakia. <laughs> uh he plays power forward, he's seven foot one and nobody <laughs> knows him. And he's gonna somehow contribute to our team next year. Or we might grab a a, a shooting guard from Poland. <laughs> and, you know, see how that works out. So uh, I'm always excited about the draft because I always know we're going to get some kind of a hidden gem, but I think that's where our moves are going to lie. They're going to lie in the draft and then um, us releasing and signing people. We don't really do too well with trading um, for our team. So um, I I think that's where our moves are going to be.
1: True, true. I think um, I think y'all should uh. I don't know. I think y'all are like mid, probably be around like mid picks, like thirteen so. to like sixteen. If y'all could somehow finesse that into like a top five pick, because uh, that guy Denny, I'm I'm lacking his his last name right now, but. Really young guy, international guy. He, he literally looks like <laughs> Spurs written all over him. I mean, if y'all could somehow snatch him up, I mean, he's gonna be a high pick. He's a like I said, he's really young, but he he can do a lot. He can do a, a lot. Of people are c- uh, comparing him to Luca early, which I don't like those big comparisons like that. It's it's really nah. not fair to the young guys like that. I mean. You're basically setting me up for failure if I'm not a perennial all star. Right. Like that doesn't mean I'm not a good player. Like I hate that for the young guys, but a lot of people are saying that and can't be by no yeah reason, that so. that'll be
0: interesting. I'll I'll definitely uh, have to keep that name in my back pocket so when the draft rolls around we'll 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 see if uh you might have got our pick correct. Yeah, you might belong in the Spurs front office. uh the nba draft is approaching like we just said uh that's scheduled for november 18th many experts have already set their mock drafts recently a mock draft in cbs's nba article had Lamelo ball jumping to the number one overall pick by the minnesota timberwolves do you agree this move fits them and
1: why Uh, no. I mean, I don't agree that it fits them. I mean, he's going to be a good player. I don't think he's going to be near the player that, like, a number one pick type is supposed to be. But, I mean, they have D'Angelo. Why would they – it doesn't make sense to pick him to me. Even though we are basically in a league where more guards is better. I mean, a lot of teams are going basically two-point guards. I mean, if it works out, I mean – I think they should probably go after a guy like Anthony Edwards, who's more of a two. He can do one things, but he's more of a two. And then either commit him to the one or commit D'Angelo to the one. One of them's going to be one, one's going to be two. And then you got Cat down low. I think that's a better base to to build off than picking Lamelo, who I also think is more of a question mark than people give him credit for i'm not really sure what people are seeing i think it's just the hype of that ball family is giving him more credit than he deserves honestly or maybe even james wiseman uh could be the pick there too i mean you can go more of a double big man he's a smaller type of big man like today's type big man and i think they might want that with cat maybe I don't know. Well, what do you think? Yeah, about, uh, I I, I was definitely shocked to see it when I when I saw
0: the article that the Timberwolves were considering that. Especially like you said, having D'Angelo already on the roster paired up with Carl Anthony Towns, that seems like your point guard big man uh, couple. So going after another point guard, I mean, unless you're just gonna put him on the bench, which he doesn't really seem like your bench kind of guy, the way they're hyping him up in the media. Um, it, it's really interesting to to see that. Um, I definitely don't think it's the move for them. I, I agree that they should go after Anthony Edwards. I think he's your guy who could be your two or your three. And then now you have a good one, three, five combination as far as your positions on the court. You have a good guard. Um, you have a good second guy who's your scorer. And then you have Carl Anthony Towns, who's your big man, who can do it all. I think that's the smarter move than going out and just getting a high-profile point guard. Um, So I definitely agree there. I I, I think that'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, I also agree with another point that you brought up, that he is a question mark. I I mean, he's one of those guys who's going to come into the league with a weird shooting form, like Alonzo did, who coaches are probably going to try and change. Um, he's going to come in very small. He's very slender and that slender works for a guy like KD who's seven foot, but it might not work for a slender guy who's only six, 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 seven. So they say, um, so I, I, I definitely hear you on, on that as far as he, he is a question mark. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how he pans out in today's NBA. Um, As far as the Warriors, the Warriors have a a top five pick, Um, weird to say, with all who are on their roster, Um, but they they will be coming back healthy. Um, Who do you think is the best pick for them?
1: Uh, That's tough. I mean, I don't think it really matters, per se. (laughs) Honestly, I mean fifth pick for a team like that who really if it wasn't for injuries they just would not be in this position at all. Like they're getting everybody back. It's just it's not fair really that they have not this pick. They may end up trading it. I I don't know. They there are a franchise who have who has consistently drafted guys, kept guys developed guys and made them into champions literally. So I don't know. I mean like I said, that guy Denny, I, I I'm I think it's like Abj <laughs> that I'm got it say, say, knows who is that the Spurs.
0: Are the point get. is he's,
1: he's <laughs> <laughs> he might, but I'm telling you he's six nine. He's like six nine. Like, like I said he's young. I think he's nineteen still. He's like six nine, like two, fifteen. He's a baller, though. Like He's, like, kind of flashy a little bit, but he seems mature enough to handle that spotlight and stuff. He he seems like a guy that could step in. uh. Like we talked about Anthony Edwards, I think he he's going to be a really, really good player. But I don't know if he fits their kind of style of play. LaMelo kind of does in the sense of he shoots. That's really it, though. I mean, I don't want him if I'm a Warriors fan, but that's, you know, that's just up to it. I think maybe James Wiseman's a pick here, and the reason why, like I said, even though he's seven one, he's kind of like a a mobile seven one. He's like a Embiid type frame frame. Now I know people are like, well, no, 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 I ain't say that. I'm just saying, as far as how he looks and how he moves, he's an Embiid type, you know, physical player like that. And I think that would be fun for the award. I think they might like that, so they can match up better to. You know, honestly like teams like us where, you know, A D's gotta you know, he's gotta be guarded by somebody. I don't know if they have really somebody like that. I mean, a lot of people were gonna are gonna say green, but Right. I wouldn't be so comfortable with that. So what, what about uh, what I like the James Wiseman pick. I think,
0: uh, like you said, seven foot one athletic, slender center. Uh I think the height, the length and the athleticism. Mm-hmm. I think you put that on a team that already has two of the greatest shooters of all time. So now we have a seven-foot-one athletic guy who can grab all of our rebounds. Perfect. Um, If we don't make the the shot. And run. And then, yeah, like you bring up. And he can run. So I think you put that with that combination. And then I think I also like to flip it and look at the defensive end. You have a guy like Draymond who now he doesn't have to be in the paint so much. He's a guy. I think he's very great at help defense. He slides over. He takes the charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can get a steal. He challenges guys at the rim. Now he can play that help defense, knowing that there's seven foot one behind him. So if they're gonna keep a pick, they I think they grab James Wiseman. Um, if they're gonna trade, I think whoever else they can grab. I think they might trade, but I think James Wiseman would be smart to keep. So, searching the social media world, uh, today's social media debate comes from a Twitter account, at Timeless Sports underscore. They posted a picture containing the 2002 Western All-Stars. Here's the list. We have the late, great, Kobe Bean Bryant we have Stevie two times Steve Nash uh, Tim Duncan Chris Weber Shaquille O'Neal Dirk Nowitzki Stevie Franchise Steve Francis for the youngins who actually don't know who that is Uh, we got the big ticket Kevin Garnett Gary Payton the glove Peja Stoyakovich and Wally Zerbiak <laughs> sleeper pick for that All Star team. So, out of those players, the debate was which three are you starting a team with, and why?
1: I mean, first of all, can we can we talk about why Wally Zerbiak's making an All Star team? He had to be uh, filling in for somebody. Because my boy Wally was a shooter, but come on, an all-star? Like, who did he replace? I need to look this up. This is ridiculous. You hear all these literal Hall of Famers and Wally Zerbiak? Like, how did – I got to look that up. But anyway, I mean, to me, the answer is, I mean, pretty easy. Of course, like we've already talked about, I'm easily going Kobe. Uh, Shaq, duh. I mean, most dominant. Probably player of all time. I mean, maybe second. You could say, "No, we're not gonna talk about that." <laughs> the point is, <laughs> a very dominant guy. Yeah, that's that's a whole different guy. I mean, so I'm going Kobe, Shaq, and easily going Steve Nash, even though he stole at least one of those MVPs from from Kobe. But yeah, for sure, those three. I mean. I don't even know how those three could be beat in any three on three competition. I like it.
0: I I definitely like those picks. I mean, between Kobe and Shaq, you already have three rings. (laughs) I I mean, Steve Nash, I think if you had put him in the prime of his career with Kobe, I mean, imagine him, imagine adding Steve Nash to that Kobe Pal Gasol combination. I mean, that that's Man. something to I don't I don't want to get you Lakers fans stirred up I know that that'll be something that'll leave a bitter taste in your mouth but um
1: that would have been something exciting to watch.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I was so excited when they said Steve Nash was alive. I said we're going to the and then they're like Dwight Howard I said and we're going to the and then these <laughs> fools are like I'm hurt I'm soft. I'm not ready to win yet. I'm like, what? What are y'all doing? I mean, it, it
0: is wild man. that Dwight Howard was coming off success in Orlando by himself, and then you would think him teaming up with Kobe Bryant would make things better. But yeah, and then Steve Nash. Oh man, Steve thought... Nash. I mean, he came in with the with the old man back, and I mean, it, it, it's tough to to come back from that when you're playing basketball with a bad back. I mean and he was
1: what only But didn't this man like drop orange juice or something like an egg down the stairs or it was just something when I when I read it I really didn't believe it was true. they like he threw it on his back <laughs> making breakfast. I'm like that,
0: what that's incredible and I mean that's just unfortunate luck for for a great player too. I mean everybody was excited when he got to the Lakers to to see him in a position in, a, in the latter half of his career, in a position that we thought they'd be able to win. But uh, un, unfortunate that uh, the omelet can take you out sometimes of your basketball career. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, for our last segment, we want to leave you all with a hot take to think about. Um, it's going to be one that you guys are going to be thinking about for a while. I know some people are going to want to show up at my front door with pitchforks after I say this. Um, But that's just the LeBron fans coming out. Um, My hot take is I believe that Kawhi Leonard will finish his career with more championships than LeBron James. Oh, my goodness. I can hear them now. Oh, brother, this guy
1: stinks. (laughs) Bro, what are you thinking? Please explain. Just, so, just go ahead.
0: Just explain. here's my go. explanation. Kawhi Leonard is already halfway there. LeBron just got his fourth as a starting point. So, LeBron has four, Kawhi has two. Kawhi is eight years younger than LeBron, so he's already halfway to his amount of championships and younger. He has that winning attitude. I mean, I think the Jordan comparisons are not too far off. I mean, stat-wise, he hasn't been there. But when you talk about a guy who produces offensively and defensively at an A-plus level, every night he steps on the court minus the playoffs. Leave me alone about him. Minus the playoffs this year. (laughs) <laughs> um, he he usually gets it done. And I mean, those two rings prove it. He was finals MVP for both of those rings. He was also finals MVP on a Spurs team that contained two other finals MVPs. So when I think you look at that and the fact that he has a winning DNA so early in his career and that he's still young and progressively getting better each year, he has a point of his game that he's expanded on each year. I think this year it was his distribution, the way he's passing the ball. He wasn't really a passer. Um, he's always been the guy who, who goes out on the court, you hand on the ball, he gets you a bucket, uh, okay, with those massive size hands that are bigger than a 62-inch flat-screen TV. But, I mean, I, I think with him expanding on his game each year, the fact that he's so young, and I think LeBron is coming to that point where these rings are getting skimp. I mean, LeBron isn't slowing down. But I think as situations change, as players come in and go, um, as you have veterans on the Lakers team who are going to be leaving, you know, guys he's not going to play with, and new guys come in, new frustrations, new headaches, new rookies, right? Um, I think as in, if Kawhi, wherever Kawhi goes, if he can stay solid, have a solid team, have a solid coach, I think every year he's going to be in that conversation that his team can win the championship. And I think with so much left in his career, he has plenty of time to fail. I mean, he has time to even lose championships, let alone win them. So I, I just think with so much left in his career, he he can he can end up with more rings than
1: Bron. I, I hate to say it. You actually make good points. I, I hear you. I mean, the larger's <laughs> there, but I mean. Some of that could be debated as far as, like, I mean, if this man's already taking games off and doing all that just to be falling short and, like you said earlier, he wasn't even – he didn't even look like himself in the closeout game. I mean, I hear you, but, I mean, at the same time, you're showing me different when I'm talking about Kawhi. You're showing me different. I mean, he don't look like San Antonio Kawhi. It looks like he's going downhill early to me. But, I mean, again, I see your logic don't necessarily agree. However, for my hot take, I'm going to piggyback off that and say definitely something that also people are going to get upset with, but I don't think James Harden or Luka Doncic will ever win one championship combined. Here's why. Here's here's why, though. Listen, for one, (laughs) For one. They're pretty much the same player. Why? <laughs> I'm
0: sorry the 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 Luca the Luca fans are hot <laughs> on your trail about that one. They all right. I love. I got you. They okay, love
1: them. They're hot on your trail, man. But between the two, between the two, I okay. I said they wouldn't win one one max. How about okay. that one max between the two of them? They're pretty much the same guy. The only difference is one's left-handed. One's a little shorter. One's, I guess, more athletic. I don't know. Athletic is the word. Quicker? Yeah, I think James Harden's quicker, maybe, but not. Yeah, I guess he's more athletic. Point is, when you look at it, I'm going to shoot a bunch of threes. I'm either going to make 12 out of 12 or one out of 12. Check on both. I'm driving to the hole. I'm getting fouled, or I'm making the basket, and I'm getting fouled. Check on both. When I get fouled, I'm probably going to make the free throws. Check on both. I can shoot, pull up. I'm going to get calls I don't deserve. I'm not going to play defense. Check on all. Like, they are the same player, and for the same reasons, they won't win one, I don't think. Maybe one total, and and I'm really saying the one total because Luka is so young, and he could, you know, like you were saying, when the league changes and guys change teams, you know, situations changing. He might fall into a better situation where he actually has a great team around him. So, yeah. But as far as James Harden, definitely zero on him. If you combine it, I'd like to go on a limb. I'm going to say they they win one max
0: combined. I, I like that. I, I actually agree with the James Harden. Um, he's never played winning basketball to me. Um, But uh, the Luka, I, I don't know. I th- I think if he gets on the in the right situation i'm not necessarily saying he has to leave dallas but if he gets in the right situation um i think he's somebody who could sneak two or three rings out of pairing up with somebody else i actually don't think Mm uh um the unicorn uh poor is it i I mean i know people were Mm -hmm. uh expecting the promise of that matchup when they were playing the clippers and uh, how competitive they were, but I just I just don't think that pair is going to be what takes that team. So um, I do see um, your point about Luka as, as far as the comparison to James Harden. That makes sense. Um, it'll definitely be interesting to see how their careers shape out Luka being so young and then James Harden is actually, even though he's still playing at an exceptional level, offensively, defensively, <laughs> like you said, we have yet <laughs> to see the man show up for defense I, <laughs> yet. Um, so it, it, it's really going to be interesting to see if, you know, what you say comes to pass, man. I, I'm really excited to see these hot takes transform. Um Well, that wraps up our first episode. Uh, We'd like to thank everybody for taking time out of your busy pandemic schedules to listen to us make history for our first episode. We're going to keep dropping episodes every Tuesday as the Sports World updates. We will have special guests on the cast, including other members of YNC and more. Yes, sir. You nice. If you have any topics that you would like to hear us discuss or have any questions, please reach out to our email that's uniceorg at gmail.com. And we'll put your topics, questions, and answers on the next episode. We pray everyone is well. And please, as a reminder, continue to take the necessary precautions to help us move past the pandemic. And in the meantime, everybody, please stay safe. Make sure you go out and vote, vote, vote. We have the election coming up next week. All Black Lives Matter. And tune in next week for the YNC Sports Podcast. Take care, everybody. Real one in your reflection, without a follow, without a mention, you really hyping up on these, you gotta be nice for what to I understand, you got a hundred you got a baby dance, you got some bad friends, high school picks, you will see the bad dance, you ain't stressing off no lover in the past tense, you already had dance, work at 8am, finish round 5.